0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God. And the Bible's pretty awesome. I know you believe that, but its I'll tell you this, it's more awesome than you realize. And today I want to show you one of the little gems that I think might cause you to have a greater appreciation for the divine inspiration of the Gospels. You know, the, the people often criticize the Gospels. They nitpick them. Uh, they do what I call opposition research. They go through and they try and find a little contradiction here or there, what seems to be an apparent contradiction. And they sometimes miss the forest because they're looking at the trees and they miss this big picture we want to see right now. Question is, why are there four Gospels? You ever wondered that? I mean, God could have put, particularly Matthew, Mark, and Luke, seem somewhat redundant. They're called the Synoptic Gospels, and they present the life of Jesus. Many of them tell the same stories, and, and uh, it, you know, you wonder why there are three. The Gospel of John is very different in its composure. As a matter of fact, most of the book of the Gospel of John relates to one week in the life of Jesus, much of it the last 48 hours of his life. And, and then, of course, his resurrection. But why are there four? Well, I think we get a clue when we realize that there's Old Testament prophecy that spoke of the coming Messiah. Let's look at, let's look at some from the book of Isaiah. Now, this is the Christmas season, and if, you, uh, if, if you're fortunate, you might hear a flash mob sing Handel's Messiah in a, some food court or something. If you don't know what I'm referring to, Google that on, on uh, YouTube, and you see some um, uh, really interesting choirs that will just break out in song in some mall at Christmas time singing Handel's Messiah. Handel, of course, wrote this the, the musical score the, called the, the Messiah, which is all taken from the book of Isaiah, two hours of beautiful, incredible, powerful music that is all Scripture. And it starts with, I, there's one key section here that we'll read from Isaiah chapter 9. Now, I bold here, I put in bold, if you're looking on, on YouTube, I put in bold certain words. And let's, let's point this out, and let's see if you can figure out some of the descriptions of the Messiah that I put in bold. It says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us Notice the words I bolded here speak of <coughs> speak of this coming messiah and this is a prophecy of the messiah we see here that he will be it speaks about the government he will be the the uh, prince of peace he will have he will he will be ruler of the government he will be on the throne of david And these scriptures refer to him being the king of the Jews, the Messiah, this would be the king of the Jews. Secondly, he would be called the mighty God. That's right, scripture referred to this coming Messiah would actually be God. It says he'd be a child, a son, and it speaks of him as being a a person, a human a human being. And so we get three pictures already that he would be human, he'd be a man, he would be God, he would be a king, and then we get one other picture of the Messiah later on in Isaiah chapter 52 and 3, where we we read this, behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted, just as many were astonished at you, my people, or Israel, so his appearance, the Messiah's appearance, was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what they had not been told, what had not been told them they will see, and what they had not heard they will understand. This speaks of him being what? The servant, God's servant. God's servant. So you have four pictures here, and they're somewhat paradoxical because he's both God and man, and he's a king, and he's a servant. Now, interestingly, there are four Gospels, four pictures of the Messiah in the the book of Isaiah, and four Gospels. So I'm going to suggest that each of the Gospels presents Jesus in one of these paradigms, one of these, according to one of these metaphors, one of these pictures. And, And so let's think for a minute, which ones would be which? If this is going to be our thesis, which one would be which? Well, let's start with the and, and by the way, we're just going to deal with the, the birth of Jesus and the Christmas story, shall we say? Which of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John would present Jesus as God, King, uh, God, man, king, or servant? Well let's start with the easiest one. The easiest one would be the Gospel, of John. because John begins in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. That obviously is the introducing that Jesus is the son of God, the divine son of God, shall we say. And so that's the easiest one. John, in John, Jesus is the divine son of God. He's presented to us as the word who became flesh, God who became flesh. Well, what might be the next easiest one as we kind of solve the piece of this puzzle? Let's think in terms of Matthew. Matthew, interestingly, is the—well, excuse me. No, let's go to Luke. Luke was written by a physician. Luke was written by a physician. That might give you a little clue right there. But also in the first three chapters of Luke, there's great attention given to Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. And it speaks of of her and her relationship with Elizabeth and and the mother of John the Baptist. There's the long praise of uh, the song of Mary. It says that Mary treasures all these things in her heart. There's great emphasis on Mary in the book of Luke. Why? Because Luke is presenting Jesus as man or the son of man. That's another easy one. Well, there's one more easy one, and that's Matthew. In Matthew is the only one where the magi, the wise men, came and presented gifts worthy of a king, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts worthy of a king. Matthew presents Jesus as the king of the Jews. And you see this all throughout, the, uh, not just the birth, we see this all throughout the Gospels, that the kingdom parables are in, in, highlighted in Matthew. So many of the stories of a king and his relationship are highlighted in Matthew. Well, that leaves just one left, and that's the Gospel of Mark. And how does Mark present the birth of Jesus? It doesn't. It just announces that here he comes as a servant, a lowly servant, shall we say, servant of the Lord. He's announced by John the Baptist, but there's nothing about his birth. It's kind of like, who cares about a servant's birth? And so we have here in these four Gospels, we see these four Old Testament pictures of the Messiah, uh, God, man, servant, king, depicted, or this these through the lens, the four gospels show each of the each of the, these pictures of the Messiah through their lens. John, Matthew, the servant of the Lord, or excuse me, the King of the Jews. Mark, the servant of the Lord. Luke, the Son of Man. Uh, John, the Son of God. What's really interesting about this? I don't think those guys got together and said, "Hey, John, you take this one, and Matthew, you take this one, and Luke, I'll I'll write at this angle." No, to me, this speaks of the divine authorship of the Scriptures. This speaks to me that the Holy Spirit guided each of these people to write the Gospels, the Scriptures, in this perspective. And even though, particularly in the three synoptic Gospels, they all wrote about very similar events, and all of them wrote about the, the, the Last Supper, the resurrection, and the death, of, uh, the death and, and resurrection of Christ— All of them wrote about that, and each, though, presented different things from this perspective. It really is an amazing testament to me of the divine authorship of the Gospels and of the Scripture. It also answers a tough question. One of the big uh, contradictions that people claim are that there are two different genealogies of Jesus. Did you realize that? Two different genealogies of Jesus in the Gospels. Maybe you just skip over them and don't realize how different they are. But Matthew has what genealogy, Matthew chapter 1, and Luke chapter 3 has a different genealogy. Interestingly, why, are, why is that the case? Well, if our thesis is correct, it would be because Matthew would be the genealogy of Jesus' legal father, from which he was entitled to sit on the throne of David, passed on through the man. So his dad, uh, even though it was not his biological father, it was his legal father, Joseph. But Luke would give us the the genealogy of of Mary, his biological mother, from which he gets his humanity as the Son of Man. And this would therefore be the genealogy that would go back through Mary, as we see in the first three chapters, Mary is featured. And interestingly, that genealogy because it's presenting Jesus as man, it goes all the way back to the first man, all the way back to Adam. Whereas in Matthew, because he's presented as the king of the Jews, this genealogy only goes back to the first Jew, the call of the the, call of the first Jew who was Abraham. My friends, the scripture, there's so much depth, so much interest, so much fascinating uh aspects of the Scripture that God brings together, and we worship Him for this, for the Scripture, the Bible, the gems, the treasures in it. Now, this week, we're going to be talking about these different pictures of the Messiah and focusing on His coming. This is December. We begin to focus on our—this is our time of year. We love Jesus Christ, and His birth is celebrated throughout the world. And so we will be focusing this week on these different uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, pictures of the Messiah, what the prophets said, what was significant about each of these aspects of Jesus. I hope you'll join us and, and will really uh, benefit by this and grow in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But for now, shall we pray about this? Give him praise. Father, thank you for so loving the world that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior, our Lord to be our king to be the servant of the lord the king of our lives jesus we praise you for who you are we thank you you were the fulfilled the prophets prophecies of the prophets and indeed things that the prophets sought to understand they all came together in you we give you praise we worship you we think lord of this coming christmas season here and we think of the birth of christ Jesus, your birth, what an amazing thing that was that you would become a man and come down to earth. I pray that this season we would grow in our love for you and in our appreciation of all that you've done for us. We give you this day to walk in your victory, to experience your love, and and to allow your spirit to fill us. And we praise you in Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. In the Bible, cool in the Bible awesome? It sure is. Hey, I'm glad you're along with me today. If this is, if you're new, a special welcome. I hope you'll join our community. We come here every day, 8 30 a.m. in the morning, uh, Eastern time, live, or you can watch later in the day. But if you do come live, a lot of people put prayer requests in chats and are getting to know one another and and so on. And so please uh, introduce yourself in the chat if you're here during the live stream. But you can watch later in the day or even listen on the to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I'm so glad you're here. Please like the video on your way out, uh, subscribe to the channel, and share this with your friends. To you, here, to you who are here every day, God bless you. I love you. And until we meet tomorrow, you have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.